everyone, welcome to The Boot. That's right, it's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. This week, we get microscopic and talk about the 80s shrinking adventure Inner Space starring Dennis Quaid, Martin Short, Meg Ryan, Kevin McCarthy, and Robert Picardo. I've been pushing for this movie for a long, long time mm-hmm. because it was one of my favorites. Yeah. And then I rewatched it and I fell asleep. <laughs> I didn't really fall asleep. I was in a mood, and I was I was just like, ah, I don't know. But I think there's a great kernel of a story in this one. Should we process this? I think so. I, this is me just <laughs> this is ther- Brian's therapy, just being like, I used to love it. Now, I, I thought this know. was a fun romp. Yeah, it is. I really enjoyed it myself. It was just so strange. It was like a, someone had suddenly shoved a white hot sewing needle through the pupil of my eye. Oh God! You stand up now, Jack. What, what is this? Will it bugs just stand up? What's going on here? This can't be. I'm in a man. I'm in a strange man. I'll be a son of a bitch. I'm in a strange man, surrounded by strangers in a strange room. You know, I was a little negative in the intro. I, I just... <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I, when I, I, so it took me a couple of days to watch this movie. I was, I kept falling out of it, and I think maybe I was just on my phone. But there's some tremendous performances from I'm, three of Hollywood's best. I'm starting to believe. So we we recast Dennis Quaid in Dragonheart, and we spent a lot of time talking about how the director just loved Dennis Quaid and thought he was this incredible actor because he had to act against nothing to uh, play against a dragon. And I'm, ju- I'm really starting to believe in Dennis Quaid the same way. I'm like there, he has, when you really look at his career, there've been so many times where he's just had to act by himself. And <laughs> it's, it's impressive. It, it, inner space, Dragonheart, uh, the rookie where he's just like a pitcher on the mound for like half a movie <laughs> talking to no one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's wonderful. Also, this is a movie where I believe where he and McGrath met. Yeah. So Jack Quaid owes his life to this movie, star of Amazon's <laughs> yeah. The Boys. Yeah. So come on, Jack Quaid, get it together. That's right. <laughs> Thank your mom and dad for. You know, let's, for let's taking this job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, welcome to the boot. Uh, movie reboot podcast where I, Brian Flynn, and my co-host Kenneth Trent take a classic Hollywood film, talk about it as if the movie was to be remade today, and recast five of the actors within that movie. Uh, but before we do that, we got to talk about some actual reboot news. Um, man, it it must be the season or something yeah. like that. There is a lot of stuff here. Um, Margot Robbie reportedly working on a Tank Girl movie reboot. Tank Girl comic book co-creator Alan Martin says Margot Robbie's Lucky Chap Entertainment is developing a movie reboot of the franchise. Tank Girl, a.k.a. Rebecca Buck, made the jump from the comics to the big screen in 1995's live-action film. Uh, Years since, however, Tank Girl has garnered a cult following thanks to its feminist themes and general sense of weirdness. So, I guess on Twitter, the creator, quote, just heard... That Margot Robbie optioned the This is a really, like, loose rumor. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense. And this seems like her purview at this point. Yeah, she takes these, like, odd feminist characters. It's a little wacky. This feels very like Harley Quinn, which her, like, production company has sort of taken, like, ownership of and development so yeah have you seen the movie or read any of the comics tank girl yeah no i i from what i remember it's like if harley quinn was in mad max or if she was more of like a mad max type character but kind of the Mm. same like heroine um i do know her boyfriend is a kangaroo mutant man he asked you a question answer it hey i have two words for you Brush your teeth! How much did they pay you to spy on us? $2.15! So. Yeah, okay. Let's move on to uh, Let's a move brighter on to rumor. Truly more important news. Right. <laughs> Brendan Fraser is all in for another mummy movie if it has the essential ingredient. What is that ingredient, you ask? Fun. Fun, 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 I know it's hard to make that movie. I tried to do it three times, and the essential ingredient is fun. You got to remember to have fun. So if there's a fun way to approach it again, I'm all in. Here's the thing. 
It's the Mummy. Reboot <laughs> successfully in 1999, spawned two sequels. Incredible piece of cinematic achievement and one of my favorite movies of all time. Then they decided to try to do it again once the Dark Universe expanded with Tom Cruise in 2017. That did not work in any way, shape, or form. Nope. Um, and so now at the Fan Expo Canada, uh, people were curious. Brendan Fraser, would you do another Mummy movie? Would that be something you'd like to see? And apparently his response was met with uproarious applause. And so he was like, well, Universal, if you want to do it, let's do it. He had a condition, though, which is that Rachel Weiss has to come back. Yes. Which makes me think that he fucking hated Maria Bella. Maria Bella. Well, didn't <laughs> we took all? took over for three. Didn't we Does all? anyone even remember three? No. A little bit. Weirdly, I read this, and I know it's just like old actor talks about reprising role kind mm-hmm. of rumor. Universal. If you want the dark universe, this is it. You do not need to make modern dark reboots. No. Just say like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna make a mummy movie with Brendan Fraser mm-hmm. and Rachel Weisz. It's gonna, and everything's just gonna build off this." Because here's the thing: I think they were trying too hard to create something new when they have existing characters we love, and so trying to introduce Tom Cruise. And Annabelle Wallace into the world and then throwing in Russell, Russell Crowe, Crow, Johnny Depp. You don't um, need – you don't need Benicio? Russell – Was Benicio going to be part – because the Wolfman came out yeah. a year before. I don't know if that was part of it or not. But Yeah, I don't technically know if that Wolfman – Counts. They've totally botched the Dark Universe. <laughs> and here's the thing. Something – and I don't know if people are in my corner, but something I would watch is don't try to bring in like – Dr. Jekyll to tie the Dark Universe together. We have characters. We have Evie Carnahan, who is an Egyptologist. She works for the British Museum. Bring this woman in. She's got knowledge. Let's set the whole thing around the O'Connells and their son. Yeah. Like, why not have them, like, grandfather in the next generation of, like, oh, we've seen some shit. Right. You were actually at Hamanatra. I was there. You swear. Every damn day. No, I didn't mean that. I know what you meant. I was there. Seti's place, city of the dead. Could could you tell me how to get there? You want to know? Well, well, yes. Do you really want to know? Yes. Then get me the hell out of here. Here's what's also hard. When the Avengers did it, when they were like, we're going to do something that no one's ever done, we're going to take these six separate... Characters from mm-hmm. four different franchises. We're going to put them in one movie. It was an event. It was like, let's see if this works or not. And yep. it worked. Gangbusters. And then they just light speeded ahead and everyone is playing catch up. And so now when you do it, it feels so contrived now mm-hmm. that it's like, I don't even know how you're going to get into this. I Like we saw DC fail. We saw the Dark Universe fail. Yeah. Like Star Wars is kind of puttering because they're like, let's expand. And then people are yeah. like, no, this is not the same. This is scripture. Wow. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> it weirdly is. Don't get me started. I could write a whole doctrine about how new Star Wars is basically Martin Luther's reformation of Christianity. Um, I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying Dwayne The Rock Johnson owes his acting career to The Mummy Returns. Yes, he does. And not to say that he wouldn't have become a star, but this is in our universe, yes, the real universe. In, in the actual world we live in, his first acting job was The Mummy Returns. Scorpion and, King. Well, as, as the, the Scorpion Yeah, King. I'm just for the listener, for the listener's information, not for you. I know that you're well versed. <laughs> <laughs> I could literally talk about how much I love this movie. I could write a dissertation. I could recite this movie front and back. Um, let's go back to school. You write your, your paper on... <laughs> On the mummy. I mean, what's her face and all. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's all the news that yeah, we. That's it. Let's just we stop. Really We've talked about Brendan Fraser, so we're done for this week. All right. You ready to do this? Yeah. Let's do it. Guys, this is a reboot of Inner Space. I want you to listen to me and I want you to listen good. All right? Yes. Because we're in this together and we got to help each other out. You don't work at the lab, do you? Lab? No, I work at Safeway. And you don't know anything about the experiment? What experiment? Oh, God. 
The miniaturization experiment. Oh. All right, Jack. My name is Lieutenant Tuck Pendleton. I've been miniaturized. I was supposed to be injected into the body of a laboratory rabbit, and somehow I got inside you instead. What do you mean somehow? How? All I know is I was inside a syringe, and now I'm inside you. I feel like this movie was meant to launch some weird kind of like James Bond esque comedy adventure series. Well, I, maybe series? not. Maybe not launch because like franchises in the '80s weren't like. A, a thing really right but like the ending of this movie where he's just like he runs like jack learns to be more adventurous yes and he takes off after them yeah and the, like the james bond-esque goon that like and then like the high you know tech weird kind of technology in the movie it just sort of felt really like that they wanted maybe that they could do something that there were like loose ends that they wanted us to be like what are we going to do next? Yeah, like the next would be called like The Adventures of Jack and Tuck, colon, outer space. Like, you know what I mean? Like it would have been something kind of strange. I actually love the idea of like a superhero whose superpower is there's like someone inside him who can <laughs> who can command his body to do things. Because truly, like for him to be able to like, like see. Like upgrade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, well, they made that movie. So <laughs> that's all, is folks. Upgrade? <laughs> The reboot of Inner Space? Except less like... What? Techno. It's more fun when it's Dennis Quaid in a little ship. Um, I mean, this movie was just like a two-hour long version of that one episode of the Magic School Bus. Where, I can't remember, there's one of the kids is sick, and so they go inside of his body. I love that show. Why why haven't they made the Magic School Bus movie? You couldn't ever do it justice. Nobody can play Miss Frizzle. Dare we? (laughs) I mean, Amy Adams would try. Amy Adams would try. Ellie Kemper? That would be okay. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. All right. That that ain't this episode. This episode is Inner Space, the 1987 shrinking action comedy directed by Joe Dante, director of such movies as Gremlins and Small Soldiers. Oh, I love Small Soldiers. Um, not Gremlins 2, guys. If you want to know who made Gremlins 2, Hollywood from fucking Mannequin. <laughs> Check out last week's episode, guys. You rewrote that movie. Inner Space stars Dennis Quaid as Lieutenant Tuck Pendleton, Martin Short as shopping grocer Jack Putter, Meg Ryan as reporter Lydia Mac. I don't know why I'm giving everyone's jobs. I don't either. Um, It just doesn't feel fair that Tuck gets a title. Uh, Meg Ryan as Lydia Maxwell, Kevin McCarthy as Victor Eugene Scrimshaw, and Robert Picardo as the Cowboy. cowboy. Yeah, I really wanted to do this for a long time. I remember watching this movie as a kid and thinking it was like an incredible movie that like no one really knew about or like thought about. And as, when I told people that we were doing this, they were like, what is it? And I had to explain that Dennis Quaid gets into a ship and they shrink it down. And then accidentally that ship gets into Martin Short and he can control his body and Martin Short and has to team up with Dennis Quaid's girlfriend played by Meg Ryan. And it's like weird. And they were like, we've never seen it. Um, but that that's what this movie is. Yeah, I did realize that this movie is quite the inspiration for the original Ant-Man movie. It's set in the same city. Mm. Um, it's a lot of like heist kind of aspects to uh-huh. it. Um, Shrinking doesn't get enough credit in, in Hollywood. Right. But only one person, well, two people shrink in this movie. And then that man is injected inside another man, which is just so meta in a lot of ways that Ant-Man never really went to, I feel like. Um, what'd you think of this movie? I really enjoyed this movie. Sure. I spent the first 20 minutes going, huh? And then maybe about an hour and 20 minutes in, I thought, do I know the plot of this movie? (laughs) But I went on a journey. Yeah. And I was happy to be on it. People are, yet again, we're doing another movie where people are serving up performances that this movie does not even deserve. Specifically, Dennis Quaid. I, I think he's just like fa- favorite of the pod. Yeah. How do you not like Dennis Quaid in anything he's in? Um, I'm not sure why I thought about this way, but I wanted to pick an actor. Not that I'm going first. I don't have to go first, but I, I just kept thinking like whoever I pick to play Tuck, he needs to be really good at acting drunk. <laughs> it's just like yes. this person needs to be pretty comfortable with having had a f- one too many. 
Because when life. we first meet him, he is a mess. And Dennis Quaid is nailing it. I see spacewalkers and moonwalkers and Earth orbiters galore. Gentlemen, I salute you. It's hard to act drunk. It is. It's because you you always want to go a specific direction, and it it doesn't come across as genuine. It comes off like you're playing drunk. Guys, underrated actor of our time, Dennis Quaid is nailing drunk acting. (laughs) He's probably just drunk, (laughs) and he looks phenomenal. He's like you're just like yeah, this is a man who is in the prime of his life. He's made some mistakes, but now he's gonna. He's got a new project he's working on. Is this Dennis Quaid or is this Tuck? (laughs) I'm kind of confused. I'm a little lost in who we're talking about. We're talking about Tuck. Okay. But unfortunately, maybe we're also talking about real Dennis Quaid. Um, But I agree. I think, yeah, I think when we're first introduced to Tuck, like he has to be likable, a little bit of a goof. He's got to be able to act alone most of the time. Yeah. Why don't you go first? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and it might seem like a bit of a stretch, but I really went for it, and I'm okay with that. I picked Ryan Gosling. That's not a stretch. That's not a stretch. I I mean, I would have picked him if I haven't hadn't picked him like twice already on this pod. There's something about picking actors more than twice. Yeah, it feels wrong. Yeah, but how? Yeah, of course. The Gaz, he just has all the charm. He's got, he's got a sensibility about him that, like, we can allow him to be a little goofy, a little out of his element. Like, he he can play the sort of clean-cut, maybe at one point, military man who's now doing this wacky science experiment. <laughs> like, this, it's so funny because, like, this for Tuck is, like, rock bottom. But he's, like, literally working at, like, the Rand Corporation or, like, some crazy, like, leading edge think tank wild because all the scientists keep talking about it like well he's the only one we could, who was crazy enough to do it but there's also a competing lab who's trying to do this would it really be this case that they would be like well this we just found this guy and he's a little nuts so wouldn't people be like dying to like try it out i'm sure that yeah there's always going to be a, a plethora of insane people who want to like there are people who've signed up to go to mars like one-way trips to mars one-way trips? Yeah. And people were like, yeah, let's do it. Wow. And I'm like, I never really thought about that as an option. You're, the chances <laughs> of you – it. It's like the chances of making it are slim, but then also like once you get there, you can't come home. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to get dark on the pod, but like <laughs> I I don't I don't think those people would last that long. I think they would go crazy. Like <gasps> they just live in a bubble and they have to wear a spacesuit for the rest of their lives. But with if you, like 30 strangers that they've just met like that's a gamble no one should take that's a sitcom i would watch oh all right <laughs> let's write it inside the mars uh bubble yeah buble all right um that's a great pick i love the gauze i think you're right like i think tuck has such a an arrogance but also he's like hurting mm-hmm. over the loss of uh lydia and his life something i didn't understand is like why did they break up because there was like she was so sexually into him but then he was such a fuck up that she had to leave him the, i guess that's enough well like know. the beginning of the movie is kind of confusing because he's drunk and she's i'm assuming just at this event as like a reporter but she sort of finds him and is like okay i'll make sure you get home but then yeah. he asks her to stay and she does. And then the next morning is like out before he can even get dressed. Like, I've made a huge mistake. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, I mean, maybe maybe it's just that he's not who he once was and the alcohol has created distance. But it's a weird place to start them off as characters because I don't know – I don't know that I get a feeling of of how close they really were. Look, I, I know you're crazy about me. <laughs> I mean, look, in, a, in a week or two, I'm going to call you. You're going to call me. We're going to be back together. No, again. we won't. It just hurts me too much to be with you. Like why she loves him is never yeah. really mentioned. Why she leaves him is just kind of implied that he's a drunk and he can't get his shit together. Um. 
So it was a little confusing. But, I mean, if you put Ryan Gosling in that role, you're just like, yeah, I get why she's just madly in love with him. Like, <laughs> obviously. You didn't get that with Dennis Quaid? I mean, yeah, I did. I mean, there's there's the a kind of, like, there's kind of like, yeah, there's like a roguish quality to him like that you're going to be like, this is the guy that we're going to kind of root for. Um, Your choice kind of blows my choice out of the water. I think my choice is really good. I picked Army Hammer. I think he can kind of do kind of the same yeah. stuff that Mr. Gosling can. I think Ryan Gosling is just a little more popular and has had a better track record maybe with big budget kind of mm-hmm. action adventures. Um, it is but I really... think he can like do the kind of same yeah. wild, drunk, sort of ref- trying to reform. Um, it is really interesting taking someone who is such a large physical presence and making him small for the whole movie. Yeah. And act by himself for most of the... I would also love it is if, as a piece of comedy, he was just, like, too large for the spaceship. <laughs> like he, he's like, like his, I have to get out. His just... knees are at his ears, and he's just, like... <laughs> like, the, that's hilarious. Like, the, the scientists designed it for, like, nerdy bodies, and then here comes this, like, <laughs> fucking flight school... What is jet he fighter s- pilot what does he just say like, in the in the social network where he's like i'm 62 220 and there's, there's two, two of me. me yeah um i almost said that's a good pick but i picked him yeah. <laughs> just praise yourself for a minute brian you did good so here's the problem it's hard martin short really has a quality that makes you really like his character like yeah. really like his character uh you root for him. It's in his face. Like he has a very – like there's moments where he's like – he's a very manic guy. He's a hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. But then when he's finally able to calm himself and be at peace, he really just seems like a guy who just like wants to be okay. And that's not an easy quality to get while also being the manic, like crazy Martin Doing Short. all that – yeah, physical comedy. Um, I don't think I even came close – to picking anyone kind of like Martin Short. Okay. But I picked a, an actor who plays a very similar character mm-hmm. to to Jack in a show I love. And I recently watched him in a movie. And I just think he's a great actor. And he should be in something like this, like an action-adventure, like, blockbuster thing. Okay. I picked William Jackson Harper of The Good Place. Yeah. At Midsom- Is it Midsommar or Midsummer? I think... Because, like, I, I sound like an Ari- asshole when I say Midsommar. I think but- Ari Aster would have us believe it's Midsommar, but I think we're fine okay. saying Midsummer. But, you know, the, his character on The Good Place, uh, Cheaty on mm-hmm. The Good Place, is... Th- I think that's just what's in my craw. It's like, yeah. that's Jack. And he may not be as, like, physically manic as Martin Short is at times. Doesn't mean he can't do that, but it, right. it, but just like the belief that you're dying constantly and that everything is going wrong and your body's falling apart, and then suddenly all your worst fears are proven right True. when a little man starts yeah. talking to you in your head <laughs> and you're like, what is happening? And you have to like. And that's the thing that's so fascinating about this choice is that you're right in that there is a quality of the way he plays Cheaty that is like. He gets in his own way. Right. Constantly. Yes. And that's the whole point of like he could, he is fine and he could be fine, but he is – he can't be that way. Yeah. There's just something about him. Right. Look, pal, we have to talk. No, we don't. Don't what? Don't have to talk. Yes, we do. We do? Do what? Have to talk. Not unless you want to. I'm in here inside you, inside your body. Oh, God. Somebody help me. I'm possessed. So yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be exactly the same, but I think it would be now I'm thinking about now I'm thinking about him and Army Hammer, like Army Hammer being inside him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I didn't think about this episode in terms of just like comical sexual innuendos that we're just <laughs> or double entendres that we we would make throughout it, but um who did you pick? So I picked someone who I know has great chemistry with Ryan Gosling. And so I think their comedy would be great together. Um, And someone who I think does really great physical comedy, but also has the capability of playing a character that would ultimately... Because there are just so many moments where we feel kind of bad for Jack. Like, Mm -hmm. especially when we sort of get around to the idea, which I didn't love this aspect, but it does sort of lend itself to making making him sympathetic like when we kind of realize that he sees meg ryan and he's like oh like i see i see what like tuck sees in her and like i'm receiving attention from her because tuck is inside me 
and you get that sort of like there's just like a sad sweet quality of like he just kind of wishes he could have this kind of relationship that tuck has wasted um which i don't necessarily think we need the romantic relationship because i was like this just complicates everything because then once tuck comes out He's at their wedding, and then he's still just sort of standing there longingly. Yeah. Anyway. You didn't like the Cyrano de Bergiac kind of quality to their relationship where it's, like you said, like Jack is – it's sort of the reversal of Cyrano where it's like the cool guy is telling the nerd what to do. Yes. And then the nerd realizes how he could be as cool as Jack. It's not – there's really nothing different between them except Jack's confidence in himself. Yes, he had it inside him all along. Yes. I do agree with you that there's no outlet for Jack to then, like, experience that with someone. What's it's, great is that he does realize that this other woman that he works with at the store is he's like, I don't know. Like, I'm not really interested in you, so I don't know why I was trying to, like, go out with you. Yeah. And him coming to realize, like, that is a great realization of, like, I was just seeking companionship, but you're trash. So, yeah. bye. Yeah, but also just there has there's a true wackiness that this person has to bring because like he when he goes back to his doctor and he's like I think I'm like possessed by a demon and his doctor's like well it's definitely not demons because demons talk through you not to you <laughs> I don't know why but that killed me um, okay so for my Jack I picked Kate McKinnon oh I'm just thinking of that sketch they did together. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Every time Ryan Gosling has hosted SNL, especially in the past like couple of years, I feel like I've so enjoyed his back and forth with her because yeah. she she truly is one of those people. It's hard to get her to break. She's very committed. And so the joy of watching them together is that like they're tr- he's a fish out of water in this scenario. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I really love that being sort of where I see them coming from. That's funny. Look, Lydia. You're just going to have to trust me, okay? Because there's not a lot of time for explanations. We only have till 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. That's good. 9 o'clock tomorrow morning? Can't we negotiate for more time? No, no. No, no, we, no. Well, we, then where is he? Where are they keeping him? Where? Yeah. <laughs> Close by. You know, in, in the area, in the, in the immediate area, vicinity. I think that's a great choice. And I do think that that's like a, a partnership that we would want to see on screen is like... Mm-hmm. How do we take one of the biggest movie stars on planet Earth, shove him into a little bubble, and have him only interact with one of the best comedians, like, off screen somewhere? You know, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. No, let's just move on. Yeah. Let's she's get out of here. so talented. Uh, let's move on to Lydia, played by Meg Ryan. Was this her first movie? No, I couldn't find anything in the trivia that, oh, like, where she started, but I she was pretty young at this. I think so. Uh, you know what's funny is like there wasn't anything in the trivia, but I just didn't look at her IM her normal IMDb. Yeah, page. I was gonna say, why would you rely on the trivia? I thought for some reason this was like her first first movie, but it's not. She's in Top Gun, Boof, Armed and Dangerous, <laughs> and then this movie. So it's one of her earlier ones for sure. Yeah. Her hair looked like trash. It was so bad. I don't know what the style was. I feel so bad for her. It looked like wet. it was just a constantly wet. Yeah, it was 1987. Gel. Right. She was great, though. She was good. I had a weird question. So, so like, Lydia is supposed to be like a reporter, mm-hmm. uh, a job that doesn't exist today. So, <laughs> or it's few and far between. The way, um, again, this is one of those things that I feel like movies have sustained this idea that, like, an investigative reporter just out to get her story, like, yeah. That does not – doesn't happen. That's, like, not how things work right. at all. But even in this year, like, she's like, I want to be a serious reporter. I want to do the things that I report about, not, like, sit on the sidelines or whatever she says. All right. I'm going with you. Don't let her go. It's not safe. Uh, better not, Lydia. No. Tuck used to say to me that he actually did the things that I only write about. Now I want to do the things I only write about. And then she doesn't really report this story at all. Right? Like, there's no coda where at the end where it's like, and this big conspiracy is like revealed. She, yeah. That shrinking technology is A, real, and B, someone tried to steal it, and three, we're all in danger that this is, exists. Second to maybe time travel, this is a big deal. She probably had to sign an NDA. Maybe. When she all this was, was over. Like, I have a bun in the oven, and I need to get married now. <laughs> 
Which wow. is something that I'm also like, why did she get married? Like, why? They have a lot of problems. See, again, we, like with Mannequin, there is a wedding at the end of this movie <laughs> and it feels crazy. It does. Anyways. Um, so I think Lydia needs more of a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think she needs to follow through on that purpose yeah. much, much more. I ended up picking Alison Brie, who, what? You're the, this face? <laughs> this face looks like this name has caused you to shrink into subatomic space. No, the face means I also picked Alison oh, Brie. Oh, wow. Whoa. <laughs> what are the chances? I don't know. That's crazy. That's weird. That is weird. I feel like we're in a weird headspace because normally we'd be excited, but for some reason it scared me. (laughs) (laughs) Your face looked like I just told you that I now believe magic is real and I've become a practicing wizard. Magic is real. (laughs) Brian, what are you trying to say? Magic is real. Touche. Touche. Um, No. (laughs) I don't know why I I reacted like that. I got scared. I think... (laughs) Genuinely frightened. I was like, you can hear my thoughts. Um, <laughs> but she's perfect she's for this. Perfect for this. This is exactly what we want to see. I mean, she's crushing it on glow. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I like. What is her movie career though? Like, she did that weird Friends with Benefit or whatever that movie was called. Yeah, she's not. She, she's not like awful. a a leading lady. In the way that she could be, but she's been very prominent on television. Right. And there's something so right about this because you're right in that she can't be a comedian to match all the other comedy happening, mm-hmm. but what she should be is able to carry the tone. So in moments where, like, there's like that scene where, um, they're when the cowboy is like transforming back into Martin Short and it happens. And at the end of it all, when, like, Martin Short is standing there, she's just like, huh. Like, everybody is, like, shocked. And she's just like, oh, that's what ha-. – like, it, there's, like, little things where I'm like, exactly. Like, Meg Ryan knew exactly how to play it. Like, she knew how to take con- command of all these things where she's, like, following the cowboy. Right. And this is her goal. Like, she's been following the story forever. But then other stuff happens. Like, she gets handed, like, a gun – and she's trying to hold it, and it just looks so funny. Funny. The other thing about this character is that, like, they also have to be able to hit those, like, emotional beats. Mm-hmm. Like, with the love story, and then, like, maybe not in your version, but, like, the love triangle. And then another moment that maybe I missed it, but does she ever – does she know she's pregnant? Does Tuck ever tell her she's pregnant? Because the scene where Tuck sees his own question. child is, like, amazing. That's an amazing piece of cinema that, like – amazing pieces that's like a great story moment right for something so wacky like this it's like a guy who's so irresponsible gets on this weird adventure where he meets his unborn child but we don't profoundly changes from that moment yeah but we don't see the moment where he tells her i'm in lydia Because if it didn't happen in the movie, it, it should happen in this new version. And I think Alison Brie could deliver a moment like that where she finds out that, like, the, both of their lives are going to change and mm-hmm. both of them are going to be connected to, you know. And I think that 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 just makes me want to see her in this movie more. Yeah. Well, Allison. the people being us demand it. <laughs> get in contact with us. We will get this for you. We will get this done for this you. This casting choice frightened me of my own psychic abilities. So <laughs> it has to happen. Uh, well, if we get the next two correct, I will I will run out of this studio screaming. Um, <laughs> let's move on to Victor Eugene Scrimshaw, played by Kevin McCarthy. Kind of like a typical 80s businessman villain. 100%. And this is another thing that... I mean, maybe I mentioned this earlier, but this is another thing that Ant-Man straight up stole is like an evil businessman who wants to use the technology for nefarious reasons. Yeah. But he's right. Like you should – everyone should be stealing shrinking technology. It would (laughs) change – it would change the world. No one person should have the ability to be the only people using shrinking technology. What was that that shrinking movie with uh, Kristen Wiig and Steve Carell? 
Oh. S- no, Matt Damon and, and sub- Kristen Wiig. No, what, what was that? Downsizing. Downsizing. Yeah. It, yeah. Weird. Weird. I don't know why I brought that up, but. Because it's a shrinking movie. We need shrinking. more shrinking movies. Yeah. I love this character because none. he doesn't make sense. Um, he has a tiny office in the corner of an empty warehouse. <laughs> it's lit in pink. He, at he one wears point, all white. He seems like kind of wacky, but at one point he's, I think it's when he's talking to the cowboy and he's like, what was the last time I saw you? Idi Amin's barbecue? Yikes. It <laughs> <laughs> is a dark turn for these characters. Um, also, I love him because he's also the evil businessman character in UHF. Oh, he is. Weird Al's I haven't uh, seen that in so long. Movie. Honestly, it is truly a movie that shaped my comedic senses as a child, and I will sense. forever remember Kevin McCarthy as R.J. Fletcher. Um, okay, so I picked someone who I think is a tremendous comedic force mm-hmm. and would bring uh, joy to this and fun for us, but could also have a little bit of a dark side. I picked Ted Danson. I also no. Uh, <laughs> that's a great pick. That is a that is because I kept pick. imagining him in those moments where, like in the good place, you realize that this this is the bad place, yeah. and so you watch him make that turn of like, "Yep, you're right. Yeah. I'm a demon. I'm not this great guy that you thought I was." And I'm yeah, like, yeah, "That's yeah. that's what we need is someone who is like fun, kind of like fun to watch, but also." scary miniaturization jack what country will control miniaturization frankly i don't give a shit i'm only in this for the money that's a great pick i didn't even think about him even though i had also i want credit for this i also picked a good place actor right i mean we didn't know we didn't know that's crazy though (laughs) why didn't i think that is that, that is a great pick i would love to see ted danson again Let's put Ted Danson in more stuff. Yeah, he's fantastic. I mean, he, as long as he's alive, he should just be in our faces constantly. That sounded weird. More more <laughs> double entendre, I guess. Um, more Ted Danson in your face. That's a great pick. I don't know why I picked this actor. <laughs> huh. um, but I think it's literally the thought of him having tiny little arms trying to, like, choke Jack while Jack's <laughs> driving the car through the streets. Would be worth like a thousand dollar ticket for me. I picked Tony Shaloub. <laughs> Can't handle that. <laughs> I didn't think of anyone else. I just was like, who is like a funny guy, character actor? And I was just like, Shaloub, <laughs> fuck it. Tony motherfucking Shaloub. Oh my god. The jewel of Lebanon. Oh my word! I I even forgot about the part in the movie where they go down to fifty percent size. <laughs> and they're standing. And they're so tiny. <laughs> There's a phone. Oh, thank God. So what? All my pocket changes shrunk. Well, use your credit card, Victor. You do have one, don't you? All big men have credit cards. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, I would watch Tony it's Shalhoub be half right? his size. <laughs> Just Tony Shalhoub in like forced perspective shots, trying to like. Frantically get the shrinking technology oh, back. Man, wow! Why haven't we have we recast Tony Shalhoub as anyone? On this? I don't. I don't think I have. What's wrong with us? I don't know. Wow. I'm sorry, Mr. Shalhoub, that we have put you off it's, for so long. It's been 78 episodes without we got, Shalhoub. Oh, wow. I think we recast Shalhoub's character, maybe, but we'd never cast maybe. him as any. This is – we're now in a post-Shalhoub world. <laughs> we should pop champagne. <laughs> we're going to refer to this timeline as before Shalhoub <laughs> and after Shalhoub. Okay. Well, I think we both did great on this. Should we move on to the cowboy? The, the cowboy. craziest character. Because <laughs> he's supposed to be like a gangster, but like the writer was like, they're like, what if this guy, this like really like crazy sort of black market – I don't even know what his job really – he's like an in-between or something. He's like nef- a nefarious character and they're like, what if he just loved country western <laughs> shit? Like what if his whole vibe was like Vegas circa 1974? Is he Spanish? It's so weird. Yeah. There's like – truly I forgot what the movie was about when they go on the adventure to meet him. 
Like, I, I had a moment where I was like, wait, what is the point of this movie? Like, I mean, I guess it makes sense that, like, okay, we know how to get the chip back because we know they're going to take it to this guy. Mm-hmm. But the fact that that somehow lines up with this long-standing story she's writing. Yeah, it's um, weird. It's wild. And so <laughs> I just don't understand. There was a part where I was like, I don't really know where this is going. And so then when we get back into literally them taking over, which when Dennis Quaid says that he can change Martin Short's face, <laughs> I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, I can't. Because there's certain things that I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Like, he can see through his eyes. He can talk to him. Like, he can navigate through his body. He can, you know, use electricity and other things to sort of, like, zap different, like, neural pathways and make things happen. Like, that makes sense. When he said he could alter his physical appearance, (laughs) I don't know what to do. Could you imagine seeing that in front of your face? I'm going to attempt an electronic stimulation of your nerves and muscles. What does that mean? I'm going to alter your face. You're going to alter my face? Yeah. Change my face? How do you do that? Uh, it's complicated. Uh, I don't even understand it myself, but uh, just trust me. Will it hurt? Uh, yeah. I, I kind of wonder what it would look like now, like in 2019. Like, how would you do that? There, I mean, there's no, like, there's no... Would it be melty? Would it be, like... There's me- no good way to swap faces with someone. <laughs> Because it would involve, like, stretching. Yeah. Well, like, a realistic version would involve, like, bones breaking. It's, like, so the logic is essentially it's some weird kind of, like, electrolysis, basically. That's not science. No. Nothing <laughs> in this movie is science. Don't worry about it. Which, that reminds me. I have a question. And this is a serious question. Dennis Quaid's space aircraft ship. Shuttle. Shipcraft. Is <laughs> running out of oxygen. Mm-hmm. Would he need oxygen? I have no fucking idea. Because technically, the I think it's like the atoms in the ship. He he would need like the specialized oxygen in the ship, right? Because it's it's pressurized. So if every atom of that ship is shrunk, he would need like special oxygen. He would need whatever oxygen the ship came in. I have no idea. Because he wouldn't be that small. That weird to me. Because I was like, he's inside a human body. Like, does he need well a source of oxygen? Could he not see, just now open that I a say window? that out loud? That also doesn't make sense because if he's small, he's not small enough for oxygen to be too big to breathe. No, because like just even like the molecules that our bodies are made of, like he's bigger than that. He would be about the size of an ant. But like Man. he couldn't. But could. <laughs> But he couldn't. But he's inside a human body. Is there not oxygen? In the human body? That's a great point. Shouldn't the That's ship, what I'm asking. Shouldn't the ship draw oxygen from the creature that he's in? Yeah, like, I just didn't understand why he needed supplemental oxygen when, like, he's in a human and the human is functioning off of oxygen. You just blew my mind. You're right. You're 100% right. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So for my cowboy, I picked... Tremendous comedic actor and someone who I think would give an unforgettable performance, Mm -hmm. Will Forte. I mean, I think that's great. I love Will Forte. I honestly think that this character is just like an opportunity for an actor to like just be really funny and wild. Um, Plus, I loved the idea since Kate McKinnon becoming Will Forte. I feel like there's so much comedy to be had there. Yeah. I love Will Forte. I don't really know what more to say about him. Like... We've talked about him on this podcast before. I think one of us have pe- picked him already. But, yeah, he's um, great. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I just saw this as an opportunity for someone to just like a stunt cast to come in and mm-hmm. and stretch and maybe someone who hasn't done that in a while. Um, I also wanted the cowboy to be intimidating, to be like a scary oh. guy. Okay. Because it's part of the adventure, right? Like mm-hmm. they have to get – they have to follow him and like mm-hmm. figure out like a way into his room and figure out who he's selling the chip to and all that stuff. So I wanted the actor to be someone that we would – our heroes would be, like, intimidated to be mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. But then when the switch happens, that actor could be kind of funny and weird. I'm a cowboy who's never seen a cow. Can rope a steer cause I don't know how. And I'm not for to start learning how. Yippee-i-o-hi. Can I, I – I know you're sitting down, but you need to <laughs> hold on to your butt. Okay. What's about to happen? I cast Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Stop. Stop. I picked 
Wesley <laughs> motherfucking Snipes. He's back, baby. He is back. He's going to be in Coming to America 2. If you watched FX is what we do in the shadows, he makes a little cameo in there. No. <laughs> I want it. I want it. I want it. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Mm, Think about this real I quick. I am. I'm thinking really hard. <laughs> Wesley Snipes is playing William Jackson Harper, who has Army Hammer inside of him okay. and is at a dinner table with Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> so many levels this is a five thousand dollar ticket movie you know you would watch this you know there you would. are so many levels i mean yeah 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 you buy a ticket to this movie you do you right away look is it the wisest idea no but i think if you're sitting in that movie and you just say like we have to like we have to like follow the cowboy and you just hear like the chunk chunk of like cowboy boots and then it's like this man and everyone's just like oh my god it's him like when they're like moving out of the way and then it's a slow turn and it's fucking wesley <laughs> snipes nobody nobody would expect it no one would expect it anyways and that's the that is the great tool that we have yes because really you think about it like sure he's a criminal but did he do anything wrong <laughs> no he just wanted to go clubbing he wanted to go clubbing before a little business, and then he was, like, on his way out. I also love the idea that, like, Meg Ryan isn't even in his room when he gets back to the hotel, and Martin Shortis walks into his room, and he's like, Big Jack, don't knock, just come. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, wow. I think I'm having heart palpitations. I know. I think we got to get out of this. I think we're spiraling. I think we're running out of oxygen. So why don't we just get to our, our tried and true, the love of our life. He'll never let us down. Barry Pepper. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? I cast him as Mr. Wormwood, oh. the grocer. Oh, yeah. I made him Mr. Igo. How do you say this? Igo? Man, I almost did that. I broke our streak. Yeah. It's all my fault. I don't know. Just, just, he's the funnest character. I'm now kind of, I think I'm just like, who's the funnest character? Okay, wait. I do have a question about, because here's the thing. I go or Ego. So he's like. Ego. Yeah, I go. Claw. Yeah. From Inspector Gadget. He can like. He has, like, Swiss and, like, Army. change his hand. Yeah. And I honestly don't... After I finished watching this movie, I thought, was I crazy? Or is there a scene in this movie where he's in bed with... The other doctor. Dr. Kanker? Yes. And he attaches something to his hand. Yes. I'm not crazy. That happened in this movie. It is so slight. It is so slight <laughs> off frame. Truly, I was like, I just imagined that. There's no way that happened in this movie. Guys, we're talking about a dildo arm. He has a dildo attachment. <laughs> it's, it's a vibrator. Because that's what yes, we get at the end yes, of the scene is that. Yes. yes. And you see, Cut. you see like it, it just graces the, it, the shaft graces the screen. Just slightly, just like said the brushes shaft it, graces just like, just gently nudges through the screen, but it's enough to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought I genuinely was like, I got that's there's no way, <laughs> but that really happened. I'm really awfully busy right now, Victor. I'll have to call you back. That guy died in a stomach. That's crazy. <laughs> that probably was his last thought. Like, I'll never again attach it to my hand. <laughs> and then acid. Acid I think, back. I think my biggest question about this movie is that there's a part in the movie where um, Jack kisses Lydia. Mm -hmm. And Tuck is transferred from one body to the next. Yes. Why was this never... Why was this not an option? For what? I don't know. Oh, for J Jack? Well, they didn't know. Well, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, so they know they can, like, remove him from his body. Mm -hmm. well, why didn't he just be like, come to my mouth and I will spit you and out? And I'll let you out. Yeah. And, and we I'll can... carry you around. I think because, well, one, it's better to have Tuck... If you're Jack, it's better to have you in Jack's body so that J 
Tuck can do all the crazy stuff for Jack as opposed to Jack just spitting Tuck out into a little cup and then, like, running around with a cup. But you're right. It, it doesn't really make sense. Truly something that warmed my heart was the moment where Martin Short, like, punches the guy or, like, mm-hmm. hits him. And he's, like, he realizes that he did it himself. Yeah. And then the guy gets up and he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> that was just really, that's what this movie is all about. Yeah. Let me ask you, do you think uh, we should make this movie again? Yeah. I do, too. I think there's potential here. Like I said, we make, like, 4,000 time travel movies a year. We should make at least two two more shrinking movies yeah. outside of Ant-Man. For sure. I don't have any really notes, any any big notes on this movie. I think this movie's really fun, but this is just one of my favorite uh, pieces of trivia on IMDb. At two hours, this has the longest running time of any of Joe Dante's films, as he did not know which scenes to cut. <laughs> he said, he we, was just can't, like, we can't lose any of it. I don't know. I don't know. So that's all I had. Is that it? That's it. Guys, thank you so much for joining us in this episode of The Boot. I hope you enjoyed Interspace. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's weird. It's funny. Please check out our next podcast. Guys, it's October. Or whatever the spooky equivalent of that is. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So we're going to have a whole bunch of horror films for you coming up. And they should be really good kind of where can people find us you can find this podcast on apple Podcasts, stitcher podbean or wherever you get your podcast stop by and leave us a rating and a review don't forget it that's the best way to help us out you can also now find us on ko-fi where you can go to make a very small donation to help us keep making this incredible podcast where else are you getting content like this nowhere else on the internet that link is in our description and all over Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can also find us on social media at the Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram, or you can find us separately because I'm in a strange man <laughs> in a strange world. At Flimby and at Kenetrid. Okay, guys, we'll see you next time. Why can't we just tell her the truth? She might even believe us. No. Besides, it's humiliating being this small. What's so bad about being small? You're not gonna be small forever. Play with it, pal. Don't talk to it. Who was that? <laughs>